Hey, it's Aidan here. Just before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about something new. It's called the Magician's Business Group. We've just opened up a Facebook group designed to help you guys as entertainers grow and improve your entertainment business. So if that is you, if you are an entertainer that wants help growing and improving your entertainment business, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you right there. Or if you're like me, have the Facebook app on your phone, open it up and search for the Magician's Business Group and you'll go straight there. Anyways, back to the episode. Hello and welcome to the Successful Mentalist podcast. If this is the first time of you actually listening to our awesome podcast, yes, I can say awesome. I have this podcast. It's my podcast as well as Aiden's. I can say whatever the hell I want about it. It's an awesome podcast. But if this is the first time for you coming here and listening, first of all, thank you. I really hope you love what we're about to share. And just to give you a background, everything we share on this podcast and everything over the past 42 other episodes, we share about mindset, business skills and performance skills. If you want to visit any of our stuff, the thesuccessfulmentalist.com is us. But of course, like I said, my name is Ashley Green, but I'm only one half of this podcast. So I'm joined by none other than my best friend and the fantastic co-host that is... I was waiting for him to intro then. I was waiting for a name, but I think he got put off by my intro sound. I'll say it for him. It's Aidan O'Sullivan! Yeah, I did. I, I was like, well, how, how come I get a special intro? Not that I'm complaining, but how come I get a special intro, yet the podcast doesn't have a jingle yet? It's uh, it's just the law of the world. If any, if any of our listeners out there want to design a nice little podcast jingle for us, by all means, send, create and send. And give us the jingle. Everyone's come onto this, Aidan, and, uh, and literally they're here talking about mindset and fees they're coming yeah i want to learn about this want to learn about this and then we just come off like hey we're awkward as but hey that's how we roll i love it if you've come to jam night (laughs) you'll resonate with any of that but anyway let's crack into the meat of the content let's not hold you back any further from the money which is what you want to talk about today talking about the mindset of fees and i want to crack this first of all with probably the biggest question which is on everyone's mind they're here and they're thinking okay i'm listening to this podcast because i don't actually know what to charge so aiden can i just cut straight to the meat of the content and ask you (laughs) the biggest most difficult question in the world how much should they be charging how much do you charge as an entertainer or magician what do you do whatever you want to be honest well there we go thanks for coming and listening to the successful mentalist podcast aiden said charge whatever you want there we go. Do we need to elaborate on it? No. Aiden, can you go deeper? You really can charge whatever the heck you want. However, the biggest mistake that most people make is that they don't know what they want and they don't know how much they should charge because that's what they want. And, and we'll talk about this for, for in a little while, I'm sure, in terms of looking at the comparison game and, and looking at what other people are charging. But it really does boil down ultimately to what you want, not just now, but also with your life overall. And I know instantly you're probably thinking, what, what what, the heck is he on about? But really knowing your life vision for three, five, ten years, knowing what you want to be doing, where you want to be living, what experiences you want to be having, what you want to be doing in that amount of time, it means that you can actually not only get clear on that and start taking action to get there, but it then allows you to map that into your business vision. And look at where do you want entertainment. If entertainment is your sole source of income, what are you going to have to do to get to that life uh, that you're that you're dreaming of and that life that you're you're mapping out there? So, what is the actual business requirement? How many gigs are you going to have to get? And by default, by knowing how much how sort of how many gigs you're comfortable doing in say a week, you know what 
type of gigs you can do or a month or however however you want to look at it or however works best for you. But when you know how many gigs you want to be doing over the course of X amount of time, it really is a numbers game to say, right, I need that amount of money to fuel that lifestyle. So this amount of gigs at that amount will allow me to get there. It's really just a basic numbers game. It's really simple division, but you cannot do it the right way without knowing where you're going. And this is the biggest problem that a lot of entertainers actually make. It's like, what shall I charge? Well, I know other people that charge this amount, so I'm going to charge it as well. It's like, no, stop charging what someone else is charging. You, you need to charge what you need to charge for your life. Get selfish over this situation. It's, it's bizarre that we look at others and, and try and work from that. I'll be honest, when I uh, when I first started out as an entertainer and um, for quite a few years after that, I, I had no idea what to charge Aiden. So literally all I'd done was ask for some advice and the advice I got back was the advice that many entertainers get. Oh, well, have a look at what everyone else in your area is charging. You know, look at them, research into that. If you think you're better than them, charge a bit more. If you don't think you're as good as them, charge a little bit less. So I was going off that model and I wasn't following the more appropriate model, which is what you said, base it upon your life, base it upon your lifestyle, base it upon yourself because you're your own unique person performing in your own unique way. So why are you basing your fees off what someone else's business is doing? But I used to charge like that for ages and it wasn't until not that long ago that I went through this process aid myself. And um, for those listening to the podcast, you would have heard that I, I tripled my fee. Uh, more recently, I've actually, I think, five, six times my fee by actually looking into what I need, what I want to fulfill the lifestyle I want, then looking into actually how many times a month I want a gig. Because there's something fantastic that you've pointed up there, which uh, I would love us to spend a brief moment on. But looking actually into how many times you want to perform per month because so often don't magicians say well I need to make 5k this month but I can break it back and I know it's doable if I charge 200 pounds per gig I, I'll just do all of these but then the problem comes in they're they're actually a bit deflated they're always performing and not actually having enough time for themselves so I put those limitations in place I said I only really want to perform one two three times a month that's it and from there I was easily able to backtrack my fee and it's gone up drastically because now I've got a fee that suits me, is unique for everything I need, it's more fulfilling, it's more rewarding, I'm more financially comfortable, I can live the life that I want to live and it means that I don't need to constantly gig, 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 gig over and over and over and burn myself out. You know, this is really important stuff and I, I want to make sure that people at this point know that uh, just to really emphasise it, you've not five, six x your fee because of greed. It's not because you not because you can. It's because you've put in these constraints that you. It's not feasible for you to do ten gigs a month. Like it's just sometimes it's not feasible. Uh, but for other people, yes, that is exactly feasible. That's exactly what they want to do. And a lot of people they think, well, I love performing, so. I want to go out and do it as much as I possibly can. So what well, I, I don't want to have to charge more to do three shows. And that is perfectly fine. There's literally no problem whatsoever by being able to go the opposite direction to Ashley. Ashley's gone, no, three gigs a month in this case. That's what I want. But you can easily say, okay, right. Well, I would like, I would like 17 gigs a month. I would advise using a nice round number because maths, but 17 gigs a month, we'll go with that. 
if that's what you think is capable, you can do, if that's what you're comfortable doing and you can work it out. But it has to come from your perspective. And I, I'm amazed that so many people, when they're looking at what they charge, they do exactly what everyone else is telling them to do. And the truth of the matter is that it's such a taboo subject. And when you ask other magicians, like, oh, well, how much should I charge? Oh, I'm not sure how to charge it. What should I charge? We get into this position of, oh, go and have a look at what other magicians in your area are like. Well, nine times out of ten, it's because the magician telling you to go and work out what's in their area is uncomfortable with sharing what they're charging because they know you're just going to go and copy it because it just doesn't make sense to do that. It's, yeah, it's bizarre. It really annoys me. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange old subject. And I, I think this stems much further because in, in life in general, I think people are scared about talking about money and finances. And I think that's where it comes from. But do you also think there's a, there's a mindset issue here, Aidan, that people are scared to charge more? Do you think they're scared to charge more both out of they don't want to perform less? They're, they're worried that by charging more, they're, they're going to get less less gigs in and therefore they're not actually going to make and hit those figures which they need. And do you also feel that they're worried that charging more, they don't feel that they're worth enough in, in what they're actually delivering to their clients? Do you think that's an issue maybe? Yeah, I, I think most problems are mindset related when it comes down to finances uh, and charging and fees. It really is mindset um, and mindset, not just in terms of your sort of situation and your your relationships with money in that sense but the knowledge as well your relationships with the knowledge of finances like there is very few resources out there that say oh yeah this is how much to charge like what i mean look there's one resource that i found uh, a, a great book it's called the approach by jamie d grant if you can get yourself a copy of this uh, do it it's really really useful especially for beginners uh, but in there he he, he writes an essay about what to charge and he gives a, a, a simple model to for anybody that wants to work out how what how much to charge and he breaks it up into different types of performers so like beginners occasional workers semi-pro workers pro workers and superstars the superstars being like people on tv people on netflix people who are just so celeb and popular that in your case you could do any gigs that you like and charge however much you like but for for the average joe for for us people us workers in that sense We've got to look at it differently. And he gives the example for pro workers. The easiest way to look at how much you should charge for a standard two hours of close-up gig. Uh, just look at the average rent for a local one-bedroom apartment in your area. Just have a look at that. And if you're going to do one hour, well, rather than just halving it, it's half it and then add 10% of that original. So, for example, um, a local, it might, it might be a £1,000 for a month of rent for a one-bed apartment. So for one hour, rather than charging 500, you'd be charging 500 plus the 10%, which is 600. And again, maths, it's a maths show now, terrible jingles and also maths. So this is the worst podcast ever about the most important subject. But you can you can scale it back from there. So if you're not a full time pro uh, and you're not a, a, you don't consider yourself professionally, well, you can just half it. And that's the easiest way to find your fees. And if you're not fully there, you're just doing the occasional gig every so often, well, you can half that. And, and work it from there. Um, now, I don't particularly agree with this as an entire model in and of itself. However, it is really good to just get you that baseline information because it is about where you are now. It looks at your situation, your 
sort of rent and your lifestyle. For example, if you're living in the centre of London or the centre of New York, well, your bills are going to be different to somewhere in Scarborough in the UK. Like, I, <laughs> I actually don't know where Scarborough is. I'm no, I have no idea where that came from. But it, yeah, that's a really good idea in case people are just getting started to this. But that's only 50% of the problem, right? That's only, oh, I don't know how much to charge or I don't even know how I should think about charging. So uh, what are your thoughts on, on using that as an approach, Ashley? I think it's interesting. And I think if you are struggling, like if you really are struggling to work out how much you want in life, say, for example, I don't know, many magicians, uh, especially the younger kids, I guess, are kind of uh, living at home with their parents and they're like, oh, I don't pay any bills. How do I know what it costs to live? I think it's an interesting approach for them. And for those people that really struggle with the maths, it's interesting to to at least get a figure but i do think what we've suggested backtracking from your own life working out what you need and and what you want to fulfill the lifestyle that 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 you need and that you crave and it's not out of greed it's that's what you want to live like i think that's the easiest thing and then restricting it down by how many gigs you don't want i, I think that's a better route but this it does make it easier and it if you don't want to go through that work and that backtracking you just want to get a basic fee then maybe that's an easy option like, like i say especially for kids if they if they can't work out those extreme numbers on what they need to actually charge going forward hey guys it's ashley here and i just want to interrupt this awesome podcast today to tell you about one specific thing you know over the past few months myself and aiden have been smashing it out the bag with doing our own online shows we've also been privately consulting for a varied mixture of people on their online shows and as a byproduct, we've taken every single thing we've learned and we've condensed it and put it into an entire 14-day online course called Mastering Online Shows. The course is available for you guys now. You're going to love it. It covers a variety of different things like covering your own technology blueprint. We cover performance skills so you can actually engage and being an entertaining performer online. We cover the mindset problems which come up with being an online performer. And we also cover the 80-20 of marketing as well as a million other things which are also included in the 14-day course. If you guys want to check it out, it's available now. Just check out community.thesuccessfulmentalist.com. That's community.thesuccessfulmentalist.com. Anyway, back to the podcast. I know that book, Hayden. We were speaking about it. There is one last thing, and it suggests about charging as a beginner. Can you can you maybe elaborate on that? Yeah, so in, in the book, Jamie uh, throws out the idea that you shouldn't be doing, as a beginner, you shouldn't be doing two hours of close-up entertainment flat out. And for one hour, you shouldn't really be charging. Or you, you can barter and you can you can try and get a fee, but you should aim to just do voluntary, uh, voluntary work and exchange value and, and, and that kind of thing, which I kind of agree with, but at the same time, I heavily disagree with. Like, I don't think anybody should be forced to work for free just because they're new to the industry. Like, you could come from a an incredible performing career and you, you're a really top-class performer. However, you only know one ambitious card routine or, or something else incredibly basic like that you've just learned. I'm not... I, I wouldn't say in that case that you should go and work for free because you're naturally good. So it goes into an example, doesn't this? If you take it out of context of magic and say a beginner builder, someone's in the bricklaying trade, right? They're not going to start as a beginner bricklayer and go out and say, oh, yeah, no, I've, I've got this booking. I'm going to build a house. 
oh, but I'm a beginner. Maybe I'll just get a quote, a review, and a nice testimonial for it. What I'll do is I'll, I'll just charge them for the bricks, and all my time over that is for free. They would do that. You're putting in effort. You're putting in physical effort, and you're doing the same when you're performing, right? So I, I, I really disagree with going out for free, un unless there is that real craving, like, oh, my God, I want to do it. It's a fantastic opportunity. I'm going to be performing for the Queen. <laughs> and maybe that might be different, but you see where I'm coming from with that example. Yeah, so I, I want to make it really clear that I think what Jamie's going for here is is rather than work for free, what I think the approach he's trying to, he's trying to share it from in this example is get the experience get a do what it takes to get experience don't worry about trying to land highball fees because as a beginner the gig is far more important and i think that's the important distinction to make but yeah i mean it's a really good system but again it, it comes down to that that is just a generic system but for those that want to dig deeper and haven't quite pieced the dots together yet if you can do this and have a look at what not only do you know what one bed apartments are in your area you get used to what of fees uh, that rent is in your local area and if you can backtrack that to work out what who your target client is and what houses they might live if they rent and you can actually start going deeper and working out how much are they going to earn a month how much are, where are they going to live how much are they spending on bills and what's their kind of lifestyle you're getting really really clear now on your ideal target client so that when you go approaching them you know a little bit more in terms of their financial situation even though you've never met them before but that's something that people can actually dig deeper in at, a, at another time if they want to. Mm. Well, it's often the fear, isn't it? When you're approaching someone and you don't have that background, you're worrying, can they afford it? What happens if they can't afford it? And for example, say you've you've gone through this process, either the simple process, which we've outlined from, from that nice little book, The Approach, or you've gone through what, what we personally do is backtracking it from our lives and working out what we actually need. Like, if you've come to a process, especially with me, where I, I spoke on this podcast, I used to triple it, but now I've like five, six times my fee, like it went up drastically. If people are here doing that and they approach a client and um, and they're a little bit worried about this fee, first of all, should they be worried about quoting it? And secondly, what happens if the client that they're quoting it to comes back and says, oh my God, that's, that's a lot. I can only... Uh, I can't afford £2,000. I've only got a budget of £1,000. What would you say to that? Well, Ashley, I would like you to come and do my uh, show for me. How much do you charge? Okay, can I have the details? Insert insert feedback, getting details. Wow, this is really great roleplay here. <laughs> What's the event, Aiden? <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's a corporate thing. Beautiful, right up my street. Now I've gathered all the information and know everything about the event. This is why I have an agent, because as you can tell. <laughs> no, um, back on topic. First of all, I'm not going to be nervous in delivering my fee because I know it's what I want. And also, I believe it's what I deserve. It, it, it's what I need to fulfil the lifestyle. Like, I'm not, I've not got that mindset issue of charging that much straight off the bat because... It's a fee that suits me, and I know I'm not just doing it for the sake of greed, as you outlined earlier. Aiden, I'm going to charge £2,000 for an hour's virtual show. Oh, that's substantially more than I was expecting, Ashley. I only have a budget of £1,000. Hmm, okay. Can, well, can, can you work a little cheaper? Hmm. Well, obviously, I can't offer my hour show because that is £2,000. But what I could do is offer uh, a slightly different show, 
maybe a, a reduced time and, and, and a different kind of experience for everyone and all of the staff involved, or alternatively, I could find you another option and maybe find a cheaper magician for you. Oh, thanks, Ashley. I'll do this thing. We, we stopped the rob. We st- Let's break that down. We have stopped <laughs> the rob. That's play. embarrassing. <laughs> I love that role play. Everyone's like, oh my God, these, these guys. <laughs> so good. Let's break it down. Then. Yeah, so there's a couple of um, interesting points to there and this is just a very basic level stuff this is just for, for just to get over that initial hurdle of oh my gosh how do i handle fees and stuff but at the end of the day your client is going to say yes or no to any fee that you give them you may as well make sure it's the right one for you so just to emphasize that if however they come back and they start negotiating as per the wonderful role play and they they ask the question of of reducing because of their budget well you can go like ashley's just said you can go and reduce the time most people would instantly jump to like oh well an hour show is two thousand pounds a half hour show is going to be one thousand pounds and people would naturally jump to that i mean why wouldn't we that's just the way we're, we're trained to believe in so many different areas of life why shouldn't it be the same in magic and that's from a client's perspective but equally, you can do the other thing, which is to actually change the show and change the dynamic in terms of not just what you're offering, but there's a, a really great phrase, and, and I, I don't know where it comes from, um, but it's it's like we can always remove the elephant or, or remove the the rabbit. I, I genuinely cannot remember where the phrase is from. It, it, probably children's entertainment because of the rabbit, removing the rabbit. I, I don't know. If anyone listening has any idea what I'm on about, reach out to us so we can actually fill in the blanks. But what that quote, that line means is quite simply, you remove the rabbit and in the case, maybe in the children's entertainment, it's like, oh, I don't have a uh, budget that high. That's perfectly fine. I can definitely meet your budget. However, what I would have to do, I, I wouldn't be able to bring the rabbit for this show, but I could do this instead. And suddenly you take out elements of it and you mould the show. It helps kind of customise it in a way, but... It, it helps emphasize that, oh, no, we we really, really, really want that thing. So negotiation, there's the option. It, it's just a streamlined straight cut. Change the quantity or the actual, I don't want to say the quality because you shouldn't ever downgrade the quality of your show, but you can adjust what you're actually putting in. So this is a fascinating point. You're not just reducing your fee for the sake of it just to do the gig right because otherwise surely if you just reduce your fee and if i offered you that hour show for two thousand pounds and then i accept accepted it for a thousand pounds surely that just shows i was just trying my luck and instantly i've just devalued my services and outlined to them saying yeah i'm, I'm not actually worth two thousand pounds i'm only worth one thousand pounds i was just chancing it right you know this is the big problem most people de- they're more desperate for the gig than they are their then regular fee and that's why the discounting and the price drops happen so much and sometimes yes the gig is definitely worth substituting the fee and dropping your fee however you must make sure that there is the value exchange there so if you are halving your fee specifically for this one event what what is the rest of that fee gonna make up to you book this two thousand pound show for one thousand pounds where is the other thousand pounds coming from what is it? What does it look like? Does it look like a video testimonial or uh, and an introduction to somebody that you wouldn't usually have access to? Or what, what does it look like? What other doors are being opened rather than just being delivered your full fee? Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's a really weird thing because most people don't do it out of sort of uh, 
like they don't do it for a bad reason. A lot of clients don't do it for that because at the end of the day, you've got to realize that depending on the event, your client's probably working with a lot of different suppliers and they've probably got a lot of different expenses. So chances are they're going to try and save a little bit of money where they can. That's part of like the human condition. It's just natural and normal. So don't always think that people asking for, for less money is them neglecting your act or or anything like that. It really sometimes is just a matter of they're just genuinely being human and asking if they can save a little bit of money. Yeah, that's a great point. And, um, and yeah, 100%. You shouldn't just reduce it just for the sake of it. it. There's got to be a reason there. Like we say, you've got to make sure that you're not just taking the mick with your fee because that's all it's going to seem like if you reduce it. But there is one final question that it kind of leads on to here, Agent. Like we've spoken about how to charge from the offspit, what some people do, easy systems to know kind of what to charge, what we do by looking at our life, what we want, how much we actually want a gig, what to do in certain scenarios. But ultimately, there is one final question, and that's inconsistency in fees. You know, some people might still be there and might be thinking, okay, this is how much I want to charge, and I know that this company actually can charge £5,000, but this company can charge £500. And they know that their their normal fee is £500, right? So they're going to take the gig at both companies, but they want to up it to £5,000 for this other company. What do you what do you think of that? And where do you think... Do you think there's a problem, first of all, with inconsistency in fees and, and trying to get more based on the scenarios? Or, or what do you think here? <sighs> well, this is a question, isn't it? This is... This is the big question. Yeah. At first, it might seem like, oh, yeah, great. Let's, let's jump to that. I mean, we can argue on either way, right? You, you change your fee to get more out of a company. It's greed. But you you keep your fee lower to, to get in with a company because it's going to pass you to the next level. It's tactics. It's, it's strategy. It's success. <laughs> it's like you can look at each one in either way. So... Really, I guess it's kind of up to the performer and up to the up to the actual act involved. But personally, I wouldn't inflate my fees just because I knew I could. Instead, I would much rather because I don't need it. I don't. There's no point me charging five thousand pounds for that specific event if I only need five hundred pounds from that show. Like, sure, I would take five hundred pounds plus any other opportunities that are there. And I, for me, I'd, I'd probably even spin it uh, if I said, like, this is my, my fee. And they if they commented on it, like, oh, that's a lot less than we was expecting. I, I personally would probably address it and just say, well, you know, a lot of people would inflate because they know you're a bigger company. But for me, this is just what this is literally what I need. And I'd much rather focus on making the event better or, or working with you and, and meeting the people there so i i much prefer and this is the bit that will get you gigs it will secure you gigs i much prefer the opportunity to communicate with you and i much prefer the opportunity with you than i do some numbers in a bank account bam instant respect and instant credibility boom that's fantastic you got your friendship <laughs> you're now in their network you're going to get more and the other thing is if you really want to do up it and you really think, oh, maybe maybe this is a good opportunity or maybe Christmas is coming up. I didn't factor it in. I maybe need a bit more. Well, you can always just if you don't want to if you don't want to just up your fee for the sake of it, which we both think is wrong. We both think is greedy and silly, because what happens if 
those two clients talk to each other and be like, hey, I paid five grand for this show. How did you only pay 500? Now there's a problem. <laughs> but what you could always do is deliver better value, offer more of a service, say, hey, I could also do this as well. Hey, I could help you run the event and that would justify charging more, right? A hundred percent. It's clear cut in that sense. If you are worth more and you're bringing more to the table, then yes, you can charge more. If you're there genuinely to support and help run the event, like, sure, you you go and do your show for £500 for the company and you know they've got a budget of £5,000. Well, if you've got the skills to maybe host the uh, entertainment for the evening and you can host the, the stage events for that evening, well, now you can add an extra fee. You can upsell. You can always add more when the value is there, but you shouldn't just... You really shouldn't just up your fee because you can. It, it does no one any favours, if I'm honest. And, you know, this does bring me into a, a point that I read from The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. Fantastic book, highly recommend it. But in, in there, chapter three, he talks about the, pre the premise of never enough. And this is kind of ties in here. And he gives out four real sort of behaviours of four real clear-cut things to actually work out what enough is. And and one of them, quite simply, is understanding that just some things aren't... They're just not worth the risk. And in this case, just upping your fee because you can... It, is it worth the risk? Well, no, you've got a reputation issue there. If they do contact and the clients do talk and, and they find out that you've 10x'd your fee just because you could, like, that's a real big dampener on your reputation and is it worth it no even if you get a 10 times the amount for that one show no it's just not but the other points in there there's there's four real clear points in this chapter we kind of actually covered them through what we've said already um, if i'm honest but the first is actually that the hardest financial skill is to stop moving your goalposts Stop trying to go more and, and work out that you need more and more money. You stop. OK, you can you can confidently get this amount of gigs at this amount of money. Well, the obvious thing for most people then is to think, oh, well, I can charge more. Right? Can I do more and more? And, and you try and chase your financial metrics and you, you make them bigger. It's the natural thing. We're encouraged to, to earn more money, earn more money, earn more money. And as a result, the goalposts are always stretching and we're never really happy and fulfilled with the fee that we're charging whereas if you can do that work like we've just suggested and work out where your life vision is going to be in say three to five years and then look at your career vision and map the path there so that you can work out how many gigs you want to be doing and how much it's going to cost to get you there if you can map that in you've got your goalposts now in three to five years once you've hit that target then you can change them but doing this constant every single gig, changing the goalposts around, it's just going to cause chaos. It's going to be really awkward and really difficult for you to actually manage. The second point in that chapter is actually social comparison. And like we've spoken about this, looking at other what other people charge. And there's a reason that like the million dollar morning routines or the billion dollar or the routine of or the daily habits of the billion dollar CEO or insert generic BS here. There's a reason that those videos are so popular. Like we could put, publish one on TSM and it would get thousands of views within the hour. Or like Ashley's looking at the Ashley Green morning routine trademarked from a, a couple of episodes back. Uh, I, I don't think people would watch that one, unfortunately, Ashley. But 
<laughs> the idea is that we're comparing ourselves to other and others and we look at we look at the the daily routine of someone like Tim Ferriss and we think oh my gosh he's incredibly successful there that's what he's doing in the morning if i do that i am successful or i must become successful and the truth is that just doesn't work like that it it's really odd and and we we see other people's uh tasks and and jobs and and we try and do our own version of that in the hope that that's going to get us to where we want to go but they're on different paths entirely and in his book transcend and scott barry kaufman who's a fantastic psychologist awesome coach uh, as well uh, he he gave this example that we're trying to self-actualize to someone else's dreams we're trying to self-actualize someone else's self-actualization and it just doesn't work it really doesn't work and that's where these whole fee things i know it that takes the context of fees into something far bigger but it's it's the same here if we're trying to charge what other people are charging well we're missing the most important element of the charging in the first place. The, the why are we charging? Why are we bothering? The third point is actually enough is not too little. So many people think that once we're hitting the amount that we set, we've set those goalposts based on our life and we're, we're achieving that money and that financial metric. We're, we're ticking over. We're getting exactly what we need. What, what is enough for us? We're then encouraged to go and get more. And it takes a real discipline to be able to say no no i don't want more i don't need to go and chase more because enough is enough this is what i personally need so i'm not going to sabotage my time my energy my resources which is kind of point four that we spoke about earlier some things just aren't worth the risk is sabotaging your reputation worth the risk of upping your fees is sabotaging your overall freedom by doing more gigs and having more stressed because you're traveling the world constantly on tour or going from corporate event to corporate event constantly on the road every minute of the year or every minute for 10 months of the year are those 10 months of your year really worth it well probably not it's it's probably rewarding to do once like we know countless cruise ship entertainers actually that go on the cruises and they they enjoy the cruises for a couple of years and then they stop because it's just not what they wanted but they're glad they did it so really being able to say no to the right things all ties into this as well but yeah they're the four from that chapter hardest financial skill is actually stop moving the goalposts stop comparing yourself to other people because it's just a pointless exercise enough is not too little enough is enough for you because you know why you need that and then finally some things just aren't worth the risk but i know i've just gone on for quite a bit there but i i feel like that was a really important chapter to actually bring up on the subject it's really useful and it's a nice summary to this podcast because, you know, some of the points we've shared are loosely spoken about, but others, no one talks about this, especially like what you mentioned there about it just being enough. You don't need to go miles beyond and all of that, and especially about charging the same, even if there's an opportunity to go miles more. I think this is really, really useful stuff. And I really hope you guys have got a lot of value out of this podcast. I would generally, actually, it would be really fascinating for me and Aiden to to hear your thoughts. So if you're on the TSM app, whack your thoughts of this podcast episode over in the TSM app in the network. Like, we would love to generally hear what you think. And maybe if you've got any tips on how you generate your fees or how you uh, approach giving your clients the fees and, and, and securing those. So I think this is a really fascinating subject, which we would love to jam more over in the app. But I am very conscious we are going on for time here. 
I just want to say massive, massive thank you for all of the new lovely people that have been listening to this podcast. As always, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you'll stay up to date with all of the fantastic new content we've got coming out. We've got some brand new episodes that are coming out next month. And remember, every single week is a brand new episode just for you. So stay tuned. Keep an eye out for The Successful Mentalist. Hit us up on social media and we'll see you next week. Hey, it's Aiden here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it would really mean the world to us if you just took a moment to leave a rating and a review on your preferred podcast player. That way it just helps us grow the show and get it into the ears of more listeners across the world in a non-creepy way. Also, when you're ready to roll, here are three ways that we can help you right now. Number one is to join our free Facebook group. It's called the Magician's Business Group and we're creating the most valuable space on the internet for entertainers that are looking to grow and improve their business. We'd love you to join us inside. So to do that, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you straight there or just pull open Facebook and search for the Magician's Business Group. Number two is to take our new quiz. It'll help you find the biggest opportunity in your entertainment business right now. And in just a few quick questions, you'll be presented with a seven minute breakdown of your biggest opportunity and how you can actually go about tackling that to help increase your entertainment business and boost it completely. In order to take the quiz, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. And we'll be able to get you your results. Number three, momentum. If you'd like to make an extra two grand a month in magic without paying a penny for advertising, we'd love to help you. Our latest coaching program, Momentum, is designed to get you booking gigs every single week for at least £500 so that you can be growing your entertainment business without having to worry about websites or business cards or advertising or any of that kind of stuff. To find out more, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum, and we'll send you all of the details.